Welcome to NECC Navigate's new podcast, sharing episodes of our latest webinar series sponsored by NYSERDA and MASEC. I'm your host and Navigate Director, Katerina Madeira. In each episode, we hear from leaders across the cleantech industry and explore practical strategies to help expand the capacity of startups, incubators, investors, and corporates. Thank you for joining us and feel free to check out the slides and survey we have in the description. In our first episode of the series, we'll talk about how a startup can find the right strategic partner. For that, we have with us Lucas Saleto and Sandra Cohen from Enel, Alan White from Imur Works, and Eddie Optra from Raptor Maps that will play a double role today as a moderator and panelist. It is now my pleasure to hand over the webinar to Eddie. All right. Thank you very much, Katerina. This is uh, super exciting to be here today and all of the attendee, uh, attendees out on the web. Uh, so thanks for joining. Uh, so essentially, I'll introduce myself very quickly, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll do a small round of introductions so we can all get to know each other and uh, tell you who we are. Uh, but essentially, so yes, my name is Eddie Obrupta. I'm from Raptor Maps. Uh, we're a startup. Uh, we're based in Boston or technically Somerville in Greentown Labs. Uh, and I, I pretty much started the company about three or four years ago with my co-founder. Uh, and essentially uh, what we do is, is we make software that basically increases solar power production by enabling our customers to use drones. Uh, I was originally an aerospace engineer, uh, very into entrepreneurship. And uh, yeah, happy to be here today. So let me uh, pass it over to Sandra and Luca from Enel uh, to uh, yeah, provide their backgrounds. Yeah, Sandra, you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Sander Cohan. I head up innovation for NL Green Power North America. Uh, my job is to act as the link between our, our global innovation activities and the startup communities here in North America, and then also uh, the business lines here in North America. So we connect our, our specific business needs and strategy with uh, the, the enormous resources here um, uh, in, in the country. Awesome. And Luca, do you want to uh, say a quick word? Hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you all. I'm Luca Saletto, and I'm part of the Innovation Hub and Startup Initiative Division in Henel Holding. Uh, our role is the management of the Innovation Hubs that we have uh, quite all around the world that act as a point of contact between the local innovation ecosystem and all the different divisions of Enel. And uh, currently, I'm also working for the launch of the next Innovation Hub that will be based in Boston. Oh, that's super exciting to hear. And then I think uh, we also have on the line Alan uh, White from eMotorworks. Alan, do you want to say a quick intro? Sure. Thanks, Eddie. Hey, Alan White. Uh, I'm the uh, Chief Business Officer of eMotorworks, and I now head up uh, Global Accounts for NLX's uh, eMobility division. And uh, we'll get into that when I speak in terms of that transition. So I've been in the uh, clean tech space for uh, about 15 years now, going from uh, Autodesk to uh, ChargePoint, where we got into some uh, uh, charging and then uh, help to uh, drive our business at eMotorworks, uh, ultimately leading to our uh, uh, integration into NL. So look forward to the discussion. 
Great, great. Uh, so, yeah, so now that we've all introduced ourselves, I think we're ready to uh, launch right into our, our topic today, which is uh, finding the right strategic partner. Uh, so, uh, basically, I, I'm pretty uh, interested and passionate about this topic. Uh, so, you know, a strategic partner for a startup can mean a few things. Uh, you may already have a product that you're pushing out to the marketplace. Uh, you may have an idea that's more nascent and you believe it could be useful. Uh, you might be a more advanced company that, that is, that is uh, really looking to scale or potentially, uh, you know, participate in some M&A activities. So the, the range kind of ranges, uh, or there's quite a big range between uh, for a startup that's brand new versus to having a product, product market fit, and, and starting to look for a strategic partner. Uh, so that, I think, is, is part of our topic here today to, to you know, to basically um, hear a little bit about all different stages. Uh, and then, you know, a strategic partner can be simply a great customer, but it can be a lot more than that. Uh, they might help provide uh, opportunities to do marketing, uh, co-development. They might be a, uh, a good reference or a great reference for uh, newer customers. Or even if you're a startup looking to raise money, they could, be, uh, they could become a potential uh, reference for that. Um, so just, you know, as, as you're a, a startup, it's, it's important. And as a founder, it's important to understand uh, what your appetite is for strategic partnerships and, and where you're at as a company. Uh, and I think uh, understanding uh, yourself and your startup and what you're looking to get out partnership, that will really help you uh, be able to reach out and, and start making some of those great partnerships. Uh, so I think with that, uh, that that's essentially the, the the you know the broad overview, uh, but we're going to get into a lot more details here. Um, so I think at this point, uh, I know uh, Sandra and Luca have um, some some points they want to go over from the NL side. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's say that uh, um, it's uh, some years that I'm involved in the management of the partnership between NL and its different divisions and startups. And what I realized that it is really, really important that all the partnership um, could create a value for both of the parties involved. Because uh, um, it's very important to realize that uh, obviously both of the startup and the corporate uh, are looking for specific objectives. And so it is possible to create a real value only if uh, such objectives are clear and uh, if there could be like a match between uh, the different objectives. Obviously, we are talking about uh, two completely different uh, approaches because uh, as you can imagine, uh, like a corporate uh, has uh, a specific procedure to follow, has a specific objectives, and so on, while startups have uh, uh, different ones. So also reciprocal adaptation is very, very important when we talk about uh, partnership. And uh, what I realized in the last years is that... Uh, uh, a partnership is not just uh, like a one-shot collaboration between a startup and a corporate, but uh, I saw that uh, most of the time um, a really valuable startup, uh, a really valuable uh, partnership is one that lasts uh, also for many years. Because um, obviously, especially for a, a corporation uh, like Enel, it's not only important to identify a specific solution, implement it, uh, and that's it. But it's very important also trying to build up a collaboration that could last uh, also for, uh, for a longer time that can allow uh, to create a different solution, to adapt the technology and uh, to create value. Uh, what, we, um, what we did uh, in NL uh, to, to foster also this, uh, this kind of uh, um, 
of collaboration and this kind of approach. So we realized that uh, um, we were not able uh, to, to create internally everything that we needed uh, to compete uh, uh, today. So um, we decided to open ourselves to, to external uh, um, influences, uh, to external uh, support, to external technologies and innovation. And we started to developing a number of partnerships with different uh, actors. So that could be startups, uh, university, other corporates, and so on. So our idea is uh, that uh, in order to create uh, a value and uh, um, also to have a sustainable competitive advantage uh, is fundamental to, co to, to create collaboration that can expand, um, let's say, the, the opportunities that, that both the corporates and the startup have in order to gather more value. It's briefly describing uh, what uh, what Henel is, so who we are. Uh, we are currently the first network operator. Uh, we are uh, the largest uh, private player in renewable, and we have the largest customer base worldwide. Um, this means that we are quite huge, but this also means that is not enough, uh, has said, what we develop internally to, to compete on this market and to maintain uh, this, this primate. But it's also very, very important to develop a number of partnerships that can allow us to enter a new segment of business, to develop new technologies and so on. And obviously, uh, collaboration with startup represent a very, very important uh, type of, uh, of partnership for us. We created uh, um, like an ecosystem that uh, comprises not only startups, but also uh, a number of different players. Um, and if you continue, we can see what does collaboration with startup means uh, for ML. So basically, uh, we realize uh, that uh, for us, it's not really important uh, to create uh, a corporate venture capital fund. Uh, that is uh, what uh, most of the other utility do. And uh, while for us, it's very important, uh, the support that we can provide to the startups as uh, industrial company. So we are an industrial company, and uh, we are willing to offer to our customer a service. So what we do is uh, to collaborate uh, with the with startup without uh, investing uh, in uh, in the equity capital. Um, we think that this this is a good approach because uh, let uh, startups uh, having more flexibility in their decisions uh, and. Uh, Let's say, uh, since we know that we are uh, obviously huge and uh, not always so quick in taking decision, uh, also make startups uh, uh, more free uh, to make their own developments. And uh, what we want uh, is uh, trying to act as industrial partner. So what we do together with startups, and uh, this is how we manage our partnership is basically uh, looking for uh, uh, what uh, the startup offers. So looking for the technology and trying to understand if we can apply such technologies in our business. Obviously, doing that, we can also offer the possibility to go develop something or in case uh, there is a specific need that, uh, that emerges from NL to run a kind of a customization or a co-development. But... Uh, Fundamentally, our final objective is to become a customer of the startup. 
because we think that uh, the uh, the greatest value that we can provide to the growth of the startups is to create a market. And the number that uh, um, I showed before, so the dimension of NL and uh, uh, the possibility to reach a different market, uh, is uh, really uh, the value that we can provide to the startups. So we have a number of cases um, in uh, um, in which uh, uh, a solution that we start uh, uh, developing uh, um, for an application, for example, in Italy, was then scale up uh, in uh, in all the countries uh, where uh, NL is present. So this is uh, the real value, I say, that we can provide to to the startups. So just to close, uh, um, for us, uh, I say that the part the importance of the partnership is really trying to. Um, to develop something together and to market something together. So what we can offer, uh, I said, uh, is, uh, is the possibility uh, to, to co-develop something and then finally uh, to scale the solution of a startup uh, on uh, all our markets. Uh, okay, great. So I think, uh, yeah, thanks for giving that overview of how NL thinks of innovation. Uh, you know, personally, I've worked with NL and that idea of open innovation and in the ecosystem is, is super exciting uh, to startups uh, to be able to get involved. So I think um, I'm, I'm going to probably ask a question here. I think we have a couple questions uh, to be asked. If you're, if you're listening from the audience, feel free to add questions to the chat window uh, and go to webinar so we can start uh, curating those. Um, so perhaps maybe, maybe I'll ask a question first. Um, so uh, for, uh, you know, for Sander and Luca, I think maybe, maybe to Sander first and Luca, yep. you can hop in. Um, you know, besides, this webinar, of course. Uh, what, what's kind of the best way to meet clean tech innovators like yourself, um, uh, people that, that work in these types of, uh, uh, I guess, roles to go out and find startups to get them to work with NL? So what's the best way to, uh, to meet you? There are, there are a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think what, you know, especially, you know, what Luca, Luca has been doing over the last couple of years has been really important where we've been working on formalizing these channels of how you come out and find us. So I think, you know, the, the basic way is, is, you know, both Luca and I are, you know, available and on LinkedIn and, you know, shoot us an email and we'll, we'll, we'll direct you in the right direction. But, but more so there are, there are sort of semi-formal channels. Uh, first is through the, through the hubs network. So if you're, if you're fortunate enough to, to, to be in an area that has a high, high cluster of, of innovation, uh, we have innovation hubs. So, so Luca uh, is, is on the hunt and he's, he's building out our capacity here in Boston. Uh, we have other hubs in places like San Francisco and Tel Aviv and, and, and in Italy. Uh, we also have uh, more passive. So Luca's on the active hunt all the time and he can talk, describe that a little bit more. Um, and I'm on the hunt all the time because I talk to our, our business units here in Nano Green Power um, and work together on that. The the other component of it are much more passive. So we have a series of, of websites. You can always reach out to us on startup.nl.com uh, where you can submit your idea um, and that will, will wend its way through the organization and find the right home either in my innovation team for, for the utility scale clean tech world uh, or for NLX, for my colleagues in NLX for, the, for, for their work or for global thermal generation or for whomever. Um, the other part is openinnovability.nl.com, uh, which is another site where we put out specific thematic challenges uh, to the startup communities. Uh, and that can be everything. That's, that's almost everything from, from calls for uh, a desire to collaborate with uh, women and minority-run businesses mm -hmm. uh, to addressing specific sustainability concerns we have around our uh, around our O&M sites and our construction sites 
to, uh, you know, one that's close to my heart, finding a solution to recycling wind turbine blades. Mm. Um, or I was you, you were looking at like the automated, automated, uh, <laughs> automated inspection of photovoltaic plants. Oh yes, of for example. Uh, uh, so so that so there's 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 a variety of methods for us to. Uh, what it sounds like is directly. you're not hard to <laughs> we're, we're, we're big. Not at all. I mean, so, I mean, I think that's the whole point of that slide there is that we're, you're, you're we're pretty enormous. Out there, you, know. Um, you know, we're not as well known in North America just because of, you know, we've had mostly an industrial presence rather than a retail utility presence. Uh, but that's changing. You mm -hmm. know, we're all, we're, we're, we are, we're, we're coming out. Um, yeah. And that's anything to add there, Luca? Yeah. I wanted to add the, because um, uh, I said, yeah, it's it's really important to get in touch. Uh, but I think that is a very very important. Uh, um, uh, let's see what what is uh, well the value that's possible to create together. I mean, um, most of the time uh, we receive uh, a lot uh, of proposal of collaboration. What is important, uh, and this is also the role of the hub that we are building in Boston and that we already have in Tel Aviv, in San Francisco and so on, is giving the possibility not only to get in touch with us, but also to better understand which are our challenges, as uh, Sandra was, uh, was saying. Because uh, most of the time, it's not just the technology that uh, is interesting for us, but also uh, the possibility to discuss a specific business model. Because um, you have to imagine that uh, uh, me and Sander are working uh, for basically all the different divisions uh, of our group. Well, Sander uh, specifically for NL Green Power, but uh, I work for all the divisions of the group. So it's very important uh, also uh, for us the possibility to get in touch uh, uh, through the hub or through uh, different ways um, with startups and to discuss the possibility that we can offer and what the startup can offer. Because uh, most of the time, is, uh, I say, they're not just receiving a proposal, hey, I'm doing this, uh, are you interested in? Because uh, it's much more important uh, trying to, to build a business case on it. So this is why uh, I think that uh, the role of the hub is very important because it's not just uh, uh, you know, a presence uh, to get in touch with startups. But uh, um, the hub uh, must have the role of creating a sort of ecosystem around it that uh, they comprise not only startups, but also venture capital funds, university, and so on. And uh, okay. to give okay. the possibility to create this kind of, uh, of ideas uh, to, to, be, to, to be addressed to NL. Okay. Well, yeah, th thank you very much for, for addressing that question. Uh, so I'm going to, I think, start shifting the conversation to some of our case studies uh, that Alan and I ha have prepared, but I am starting to see questions start to roll in uh, from our audience, which is uh, really great, and we'll, uh, we'll make plenty of time uh, to go through those and, and get some of those questions uh, answered. Let's see. Can we so, Yeah, I'll give the introduction to, to partnerships. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So so just to, to build on sort of Luca's introduction, um, you know, I I'm the I'm I work very closely with Luca uh, from the perspective of of Eno Green Power and from our business lines here, and so you know as uh, he and I work together pretty closely to align what we see in the marketplace with what we need as a business and 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 how to really design a partnership that is that is mutually beneficial, uh, and so you know we have. You know, from the sort of the, the all the different ways to reach us, and 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 is is a fairly structured way of defining and approving projects. Um, and this is, you know, the the goal of of this of this of the funnel. Um, and and there, you know, I think if you've taken a business course on innovation, you've seen some variation on this. 
uh, is to really clearly identify what the goals of the partnership are uh, and, and how will both companies benefit from, from working together on this. And so the idea here is, is, is matching the, the specific need and specific business case into a proof of concept and then understanding how that proof of concept and what you'll learn from that proof of concept will then um, uh, spin into beautiful directions uh, and, and work towards uh, a, a scalable solution that actually derives value uh, for everybody. Um, so you'll, you'll see in the beginning, it's, it's a rel- you know, preliminary scouting of opportunities. That's, that's talking to us, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's understanding you know, what, what we can do to, by working together, what we can propose, how, we, how NL can, uh, can support a commercialization effort. And that's really important is that you know, we are really focused a lot on commercialization and industrialization uh, and scaling rather than, um, than initial technical concepts. So product development, really. Um, and then for the process here, you know, we move through uh, basically, you know, these are in- increasing levels of diligence. And depending on how big the project is, sort of depends on how much of this project, how much of this process is, is applicable. Um, you know, if it's a relatively lightweight project, we might not, you know, we might, you know, it, it might not necessarily pro- progress all the way to an innovation committee. But if we're, you know, proposing to build, uh, you know, a new design of power plant that's going to require us to go out and, <laughs> and put down some, some real capex, yeah, then, then, then the diligence gets pretty, uh, pretty essential. But the idea here is to, is to really make sure that we are both at the stage where we want to work together. And I think that's, that's the clear, clear point of this. So I think that I think that sets up us uh, pretty well for some examples mm-hmm. of how this process happens at work. Uh, we advance to the next slide. Um, okay, so uh, just to hop into Raptor Maps, I'll, I'll uh, you'll have plenty of time to hear from me, so I'll, I'll keep my part uh, fairly short. I think. Better for being moderator. So we pretty much make software to digitize uh, PV systems in operation and those under construction. Uh, our startup's been through Y Combinator. Uh, we're served by MIT engineers. So essentially, uh, when you're a startup uh, and you don't quite have product market fit yet, it's hard to really address what your traction is. But the moment that you have traction in the marketplace, it's good to talk about it first. So that's why I put the slide first. Uh, Raptor, Ma- Raptor, Raptor Maps is now at a point where we've analyzed 1% of the world's uh, solar capacity uh, through drones uh, and digitization uh, in our software. And that's in the past 12 months. Uh, so that's not the U.S., that's the world. So we're pretty excited to, to be able to say that now. Um, and essentially, uh, we're working in 18 countries and more now across all six continents. So we, we pretty much figure out how to enable customers to leverage off-the-shelf drone technology. Uh, it used to be, and when we started the company, you had to actually build the drones from scratch. Uh, but now the, the technology off-the-shelf has gotten so uh, good that we can just enable people to use that. Uh, and now it's not so much about the drone or how does it fly or how does it work. It's more about how do you manage uh, that data and do analytics. Uh, so working uh, actually with NL, uh, our story is kind of I think I think interesting in that we actually started uh, working with them through Mass CEC, uh, an Innovate Mass Award. Uh, so you know, first I got to know uh, Sander and another uh, gentleman, Keith Aubin at NL, uh, and that was pretty much through. Uh, our websites, uh, essentially going out and talking to people at events, what we were working on in the solar industry using drones. Uh, then it turned out that we were fairly aligned, that they had initiatives of their own to start uh, using this tech- 
technology. Uh, and then when we basically got to, to know them and understand that there was a need there, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to know about Massachusetts Clean Energy Center uh, and some of the grants they had. So we said, hey, let's apply together uh, to a grant. We'll be the startup. You know, we'll do all the work and ma make it happen. Uh, you can come in as our cor corporate partner, uh, help us essentially uh, give us access to sites, uh, to help us better understand, uh, uh, you know, the technology we're building. And, and not only, we basically took our current technology and say, let's do this in real time. Uh, so it's something that uh, we really wanted to push for and, and now saw that business case uh, even further than our, than our current product. Uh, so for us, it was a bit of a mixture of uh, getting to know NL and then uh, actually being able to bring in Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, uh, get a grant and further work together in, in that capacity. Uh, so I just put up some pictures. You know, this is this is us out in the field. The uh, a lot of the work has wrapped up within the past uh, year or so. But uh, you know, we were able to bring on an uh, intern as well from from MassCEC. Uh, that's Keith and I out in the field, actually uh, flying, operating some of the drones. The day that we demoed the the real time system and showed that it worked uh, was pretty exciting uh, with their uh, with Matt as well pictured. So uh, that's just you know a fun part to to, to show. And I would add that. You know, maybe you've got a little bit, but but you know, this initial project is now spun off into other projects. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really the catalyst. Um, so essentially, uh, with NL and and Innovate Mass, we were able to enable the growth of Raptor Maps. Uh, you know, in ways that you know created uh, further agreements and, and partnerships to work together. Uh, we've we've uh, had press releases with each other, so that helps uh, Raptor Maps essentially be able to get get the word out in, in the global market because NL does have a global footprint, uh, you know, write articles together uh, and really try to establish that technical and thought leadership uh, in the field uh, along with NL. Uh, and, you know, do things like present at conferences uh, and, and really, uh, so it's not just the technology that was improved and, and, and made so, but it was also uh, getting the word out about that technology. Uh, so I think I, I want to think through, you know, for our audience, what through this uh, through this experience for me, what were some of the advice I could I could give? Uh, and looking at it, it was it was really being first active in the clean tech community and, and getting to know the innovators. So that's kind of why why I asked that question first off. Uh, how how to find you know Sander and, and Luca as well? Um, because first, it's really trying to understand the the needs uh, in in the industry uh, if if you're not aware of some of them already. Uh, and then, you know, from your side of the table, offer up that knowledge or experience. So I think before we even started officially working with NL, we, we went out, we, we went out to a site, uh, you know, we provided all the things we knew about, you know, how to fly and operate drones in a, an effective way and just provide that story and that experience. Uh, and then it turned out that there was an initiative behind that. So once we had those two uh, things come together, it, 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 was, uh, it, it was great to keep working. Uh, and then I, I think the other piece of advice is to be flexible. Uh, and really, I, th I think um, Luca mentioned this earlier, but approaching partnerships with the intent of creating a long-lasting relationship, uh, because often as a startup, uh, sometimes you're so driven by you know revenue or have to meet some kind of target on a very quick timeline. Uh, but when when you're working with a with a corporate that you know is a multinational uh, huge company, they they're going to have innovation uh, teams that help you work on a faster time scale. But you really have to be thinking long term because that's how they're thinking about this. Uh, so you kind of have to walk away from that startup mindset of the now and work right here. What can I do? And think how does this partnership uh, play out in in several years timeline. Um, 
So I think that's a little bit of the story of, of the Raptor Maps uh, side. Uh, Alan, do you want to hop in here and, and, and provide some context from eMotorworks? Sure, we'll do, Eddie. And um, if you can uh, drive the slides for me, that'd be great. So um, uh, just talk a little bit about our history uh, here uh, for just about a minute. So we started out uh, back in January 14, where we launched our Juice Box. Juice Box is what has now become the uh, leading provider of residential level two AC smart uh, charging stations. So when we say smart, I think that word uh, gets a little diluted. But when we talk about smart charging, we not only talk about having an application to do so, but making sure that the uh, charging occurs at the times which is optimal for the grid. Uh, both for uh, behind the meter applications or what utilities are doing around demand response, for example, as well as in front of the meter and, and working on ways to aggregate all of these uh, EV batteries uh, for the sake of uh, real-time energy markets and ancillary services. So uh, <clears throat> as importantly, we had to launch our software platform, which we call JuiceNet, and we did that along the way in 2015 and 2016 uh, and that's where we really started to get the attention of Enel, which I'll speak about. And then ultimately that uh, turned into uh, uh, an acquisition of, uh, of eMotorworks by Enel. And my point is, I don't want to yada, yada, yada that necessarily. Uh, we want to talk deeply in these next slides about how that happened. So, again, the way we looked at the world conceptually is we were selling charging stations, which, you know, in and of itself is a hardware business. You know, we got a lot of feedback from investors saying, hey, you can't just be hardware. We knew that along the way. But when we talk to someone like Enel or talk to somebody, uh, some of our other, um, you know, let's say uh, investors or strategic partners, um, we knew that we needed to have a, a way to do more than just hardware. And so we were developing this JuiceNet platform. And again, what the JuiceNet platform does is allows us to integrate all of these batteries that we're charging into the grid. And then we create this virtual power plant based on several, you know, instead of one individual 24 kilowatt hour battery, we have 20,000, 30,000 batteries uh, in, that we can parse in specific regions and specific energy markets for the benefit of our drivers and our customers. So as we take a look at, you know, conceptually, I, I met Enel first and foremost on the streets of Boston. I, I flew back to Boston, and one of our customers is actually the uh, the uh, connection who said, uh, "Hey, we should really start working with uh, with Enel." Uh, uh, and I think that's an important element of, of, you know, one of my points on partnership is contextually just talking to an L upstream without uh, talking about an idea. That's one thing. But when you have a customer talking to an L, a joint customer talking to an L, that's much more powerful. So if you go to the next slide, you know, what we started to say is, uh, you know, clearly, you know, the new energy markets around renewable is important. That obviously resonates quite well with uh, with Enel, given uh, given their investment. And as uh, Luca noted before, they are the largest provider of renewable energy uh, privately in the world. And then our whole concept of being able to aggregate all of these electric vehicles. Uh, today, we're talking about 40 gigawatt hours of capacity, and then we're talking about multiple terawatts hours in about you know five or six years. So clearly, it was very exciting, and that was great. Uh, what was most important for me in our business is we were working together and, you know, we started out with, uh, you know, nine, 10 and ultimately, you know, 15, 20 people is making sure that uh, 
as we look at our exit strategy, what do we want to do? And we felt that the most important types of customers we could work with are not only those drivers that we talked about on the consumer side or B2C side, not only being able to apply our charging stations into the commercial areas or businesses like workplaces, multi-unit dwellings, uh, smart cities, and let's say destination charging opportunities, but then really being able to generate revenue for some key commercial partners. So in this case, we work with uh, ensuring that our platform was open and enabled for other charging station uh, companies. You're probably familiar here in the U.S. with Clipper Creek. Uh, Air Environment was another partner of ours before they were acquired. Volta is a very interesting company, which is now expanding into Boston. If you're in, in the Natick Mall, you'll actually see some of our charging stations incorporated into a huge uh, digital billboard in which they provide free charging out at the Natick Mall, for example. Um, and, of course, they, they they got started on the West Coast where a lot of the uh, EVs were, but the fact that they continue to expand is good. Most importantly is the work we had done with the automotive world. So when working with BMW and Honda, and as importantly for scale, some of these tier one suppliers, which may be West Le- less well-known, but as important for scale uh, in Hella and Wabasto, it was a pretty significant opportunity. So that's where, Enel, if you go to the next slide, um, that's where we really started to engage with Enel when they realized that, you know, we weren't just a residential B2C company. We were starting to engage strategically uh, and in a very sticky way with utilities, with charging station companies. And uh, as a result of that, you know, we had some some interesting conversations about what we want to do initially. Uh, you know, Enel said they wanted to just uh, invest but then uh, two months later, suddenly I got a, our, my M&A contact said uh, they suddenly want to acquire a company. And I think the reason why that scale tipped is the fact that they continued to see us and hear of us, not necessarily through these engagements directly with now, but from customers. And I think that's a real significant uh, way in which we were able to ultimately work with Enel, come together. And, uh, and as you see there, you know, we are now expanding into all these uh, places globally, uh, not only through Enel's existing footprint, but some of the ways we're creating demand in Asia. So um, with that, uh, I would say that uh, in general, if we go to the last slide there, uh, uh, Eddie on my slide set, in the same way Eddie just provided, uh, I would give uh, an additional thought about, you know, being able to make sure you know and understand your exit objectives. And they're OK if they change. You know, you're basically in a sailboat and you're trying to, you know, uh, you know jibe and cut and then move to uh, that beacon. And uh, sometimes those things will change. And so as we thought about our choices um, and we had a couple of choices when we were in the acquisition phase, we thought it now would give us the most opportunity uh, in working uh, around the globe uh, with incorporating uh, electric vehicle charging into their renewable generation and their overall uh, footprint uh, in their service territories. As I talked about, it's really important to engage with actual paying strategic customers. And I think that's the difference between pushing rope and pulling rope. Yeah, you can go to these events that Eddie talked about, and I do think there's value there. I think it's much more valuable at these events if you can talk about customers, if you can talk about what you're already, what problems you're already solving for them. That's uh, probably more valuable than just going there and saying, hey, Luke, uh, you know, como stai? How are you doing? It's really more about uh, how we can engage on the customer side. Unfortunately, that. That's the limit of my, you know, my Italian is not so good. My Italian accent is getting better and better. But, you know, just the, uh, you know, the being able to engage with these guys based on uh, customer stories and what we're doing is excellent. And I think finally, that's really how you show real value with these partners. Uh, 
if we were just, for example, if we only had a software platform and had a vision, you know, I found that people would say, oh, great. Okay, good job. Nice going, boys. Uh, keep it up. And then uh, we'll talk to you some other time. And there's no real engagement other than nice to meet you. I think uh, if you can have a continuous, consistent engagement uh, like we did with Anel, uh, that would be good. And, I, and by the way, I would say that you can't rely, if you're a startup, you can't just rely on focusing on one partner. While you have one exit objective, you know, obviously you're in markets where you can't just speak to one partner. You have to speak with many uh, because that creates a dynamic where um, – you know, NL, you, know, you want to make sure NL is paying attention to you more than you're paying attention to NL. And I think that that's going to that that's a super important uh, element of how you uh, convey value. So that's it on my end. OK, that, thank you, Alan. That, Alan, that was, uh, that was uh, super insightful. Uh, I think at this point, we're ready to uh, take some questions uh, from 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 the audience. Uh, I think uh, let me let me first start with one question from the audience, and then I think we actually have one of our partners uh, online here also ready to to hop in and ask some questions from the tech garden. But first, I'm going to take one question from the audience, uh, which is, uh, you know, essentially for for uh, I think this is probably best for Sander. Uh, since you um, is the startup left to uh, basically go out. Like I guess uh, maybe maybe let me let me rephrase this question a little bit. Um, since you do not invest in the development and you directly facilitate the startup, do you help them get access to investors? Do you facilitate that connection at all? Uh, is the startup uh, left to itself? Do they leverage NL's collaboration? How does it come uh, into play when a startup may uh, be also seeking investment? I think we work hand in hand with with the investors. So you know I think you know. For folks we've worked with and had successful partnerships, uh, um, you know, personally, I'm happy to talk to potential investors. Um, you know, the idea here is, is you know, we want these companies to succeed. We want these companies to be in the marketplace because they they provide key components to to future market success and future market sustainability and have, allowing NL to achieve its goals. So the whole point of this is to see you guys flourish. <laughs> um, so absolutely, you know, we would talk to talk to investors and support and support that way. Okay, that's tremendous. I'm seeing quite a few questions about maybe repeating some of the websites you mentioned, but I'll, I'll let us follow up and yeah. probably text would be better. Um, so can basically, I saw another question here about uh, working with uh, Canadian startups or in, uh, yeah, do you work with, you know, basically as NL here in Boston, do you work with startups all over the world? Does that have to be in the U.S.? No, no. So we have, we have a global, global focus. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, our, our geographic locations are just areas where, where we are, but no, we have, we, we pull startups everywhere. Um, and I think, Luca, do you want to talk about some of the, maybe Luca can answer some of that yeah. question about, about the work for Canada? <laughs> Yeah, let's say that uh, we we do not have a, like a preference in working with uh, uh, with specific startups from specific states. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the hub in Boston will be in charge uh, also to manage uh, relations uh, with uh, Canada, especially Toronto area and New York. But obviously, we receive a proposal uh, from companies uh, all over the world. The role of the hub is just uh, to be more close uh, to specific ecosystems that for us are very important. But obviously, any kind of startup from uh, any country could uh, get in touch with us. So, absolutely. Right. And we have a... NL Green Power actually has presence, um, you know, not, not equating to Alberta, but we have presence in Alberta. 
uh, on the other side of the country. Um, mm-hmm. So we have we have we run we operate facilities in, in that region. So uh, we have a, a great need actually to help improve operations there. Excellent, excellent. And then I have a I have another question here. Is there a place uh, that NL lists their needs and goals? Yeah, uh, let's say that uh, we have uh, a website fully dedicated to that, that is uh, startup.nl.com, where we list the main, uh, uh, let's say, technological areas uh, that uh, um, which we are interested in and where we also tell something about the collaboration. And also we have the, the website that uh, uh, Sander mentioned before, that is openingability.nl.com, where uh, we publish... Uh, all the challenges uh, that uh, we are currently um, that we are that, that are currently um, developed by the different uh, business lines of general and in which there is a specific interest in that moment and through open innovability it's also possible to uh, propose uh, the solution or the technology to a specific challenge okay and I would add to that point you know you know as 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 we you know Luke and I both described. Uh, NL's interests are very far and very wide, um, and so part of the key part of that is, is, is you know, to the degree you can help us understand, you know, where you want to go with your product strategy. You know, it doesn't have to be completely formed. And we yeah, might have different yeah. ideas, but but you know, part of the the initial engagement process between between me and Luca and and, and the rest of the NL group is to really understand, you know, what would be the most beneficial partnership. Uh, from working with you. Yeah, if I, I can, I, I'm seeing another question from the audience here that I think is a perfect segue for that. So at what stage of development do you recommend startups uh, begin the relationship? Uh, for example, should they have customers? Should they have a beta? Should it be at the idea stage? Yeah, I can so say something up. general and then I, I let uh, Sandra to complete because uh, he also had the direct experience. Well, let's say that uh, since we are more focused uh, on providing uh, services to our customers, uh, we usually look uh, for companies that uh, that are, let's say, at a commercial stage, because um, uh, we do not have, uh, uh, like, an internal R&D in which uh, we, we develop solution, but what, what we do is, uh, say, the customization, co-development, and so on. So usually, we, we are more willing to work uh, with startups that already have a product that we can test, and if the test uh, works well... Uh, we can scale on, on our business. Obviously, there are exceptions. Uh, for example, in, in on specific technologies like a storage or others, in which we are also interested in solutions that are more early stage. So when we identify something that is really breakthroughing and um, and that can uh, can get also a value and can um, can. Uh, can have a faster implementation through our support, we can also be interested in the early stage solution. But uh, most of the times, uh, we focus a little bit more uh, on uh, commercial-ready uh, product. And uh, with that, how, how long would you say, on, on average, with NL, does the process take for a startup to go from that initial engagement to a project kickoff? It can be pretty quick. Um, you know, the, there is there are structural considerations with that with that funnel I, I mentioned to you. Um, generally, you know, you can go. I think the fastest I've seen is 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 six weeks from initial initial interaction to uh, to engagement on a project. Um, that's that's if the trains run. If you if you catch the trains on time, as it were. Um, 
Generally, though, the process is between three and six months. Um, of course, if you're if you're asking for a project that's going to cost several million dollars in capex, that cycle is longer because there's diligence involved. Um, if we're asking for a relatively small project, uh, then then the project moves 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 more quickly because we can get the right right authorizations. And I think that's actually one you know to to that point. I think you sort of mentioned it, Eddie, and uh, in, in at the end of your spiel. You know, the one thing to think about these in these partnerships, and this is her warning, is is you know we're a large industrial, we move at a very different speed than a startup, um, and so there has to be sort of patience on both sides. Um, we 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 think in very long term approach and very long term engagements, uh, which is you know antithetical sometimes to a to a to a startup yeah. approach which needs money you know tomorrow or next decade plan right exactly <laughs> right and so and so part of part of the, the the stress from from NL on the innovation side is that I need we we are aiming all the time to speed up our process to to match the pace of a of a startup um, conversely you know we ask that startups are losing patience in working with us because things yeah. have to move through processes and so that's also where a more developed and a more stable startup might be more successful with us than somebody who is, you know, trying to make payroll tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, usually the startups, they're always trying to make payroll. I know, tomorrow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sarcastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do, I, I'm not sure if we were able to resolve some of the audio with the tech garden, but luckily uh, we have chat. So I ha I'm just going to read uh, some of their questions aloud here from some of the tech uh, from some of the companies in the tech garden. Um, so just a couple questions. Uh, do you find challenges or how do you deal with co-branding uh, when you're in partnership between a large entity and a small startup? Uh, so mm -hmm. that is a startup comes to you. Uh, they, they're going to start working with you. Do you request that NL's logo is made present on their product? How, how, do, how does co-branding uh, work? Are there challenges there? Um, do you not typically do co-branding? Yeah, because I wanted to add something to to the previous uh, question that it really depends on the project. Because uh, sometimes yeah. the project is more complicated uh, and involves different different partners, and so it could last uh, uh, several months and so on. In other cases, it's just uh, okay. Let's test the solution uh, for uh, like a week. If it works, okay. Let's uh, let's sign a contract. And uh, also in terms of co-branding and so on. Uh, really depends uh, on uh, um, on the final aim. For example, obviously, if it is a service of a solution that we would offer to a final customer, usually uh, we are interested uh, in having the end brand on it. While on other cases, uh, we are uh, more than happy to, to say that uh, uh, that specific technology is developed, uh, for example, from, uh, by Raptor Map, uh, and we are using it. So, it really depends on the final user of, of the solution that we are uh, going to develop. Okay. Okay. And and maybe uh, it, it sounded like uh, Alan, you might you might have some experience with the co-branding. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we we do have some uh, let's call them entertaining experiences when it comes to NL branding. Uh, as as uh, everyone knows, NL is a you know has huge huge presence in their service territories on the consumer side. You know, in Southern Europe and in Latin America. You know, here in uh, here in America, I guess uh, we can generally spell Enel, but in terms of the branding, especially on the consumer side, we're just getting started. So when you have a consumer product like ours, where uh, I think Juicebox has some cachet, 
you know, we have to be uh, a little careful given that ANL is just entering the B2C market here in the U.S., um, how to uh, how to manage that effectively so that uh, we, we can really uh, transition, you know, uh, what our branding is to what Enel's branding is without causing market confusion. <clears throat> and I think uh, in general, uh, Enel does a, does a pretty good job at that. And I think uh, we have to continually educate uh, the entire team on, um, you know, how things happen uh, in the U.S., uh, how things happen for e-mobility and for charging in general. So um, while on the surface it sounds easy, it's actually not. There are things that we need to, uh, you know, really uh, address. And our marketing team uh, works very close with Rome to make sure that uh, things are addressed very, very cleanly and smoothly. So uh, don't don't take that side for granted. Okay. Okay. And uh, I have uh, one more. Uh one more question coming from the tech garden. Uh, is is NL currently targeting any specific segments or specific technologies that you're, you're really focused on today? Uh, I can speak from the NL Green Power side. Um, you know, I think it's that's the difficulty. Uh, a lot of it, you know, we, NL, you know, to think about it, you know, we think about NL Green Power's business model. We, we focus on developing utility-scale renewable energy. Um, and so, you know, it falls into a very broad category of, of of things that either allow us to capture a new renewable and an more of an existing renewable resource to lower our plant operating costs, or to capture a new renewable resource. So, so the new new renewable resource would be a thing like marine energy. Okay. okay. Um, lowering our operating costs. So these are advancements in in AI, machine learning, automation is, is something that I've been focusing on quite a bit. Um, and then also extending the viability of a renewable resource. So we've been looking at things like long-duration energy storage. Um, so it's it's far and wide. It's part of it is is that's kind of the trick is that you really do need to work with folks like myself and like Luca uh, to 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 drill down and to figure out what what might be the best fit. Okay. Okay. And then I think I, I have time for for one more question. Uh, let me just pull those up real quick. Um, Okay, so this question is about uh, IP. So if there's a new startups typically have new IP, uh, they're trying to develop, uh, they start engaging with NL, uh, how, do, how does that work? Um, and it's probably case yeah. by case. Yeah, case by case. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, the IP conversation is always fun. Um, it's a case by case basis. Um, you know, I think you start getting into issues of background and foreground IP if there's an issue of, of mutually created IP, then we got to figure out, you know, how we want to treat that. Um, whether or not it's NL just wants access to it, or, or is it there some sort of you know licensing or co co-branding that comes from that? Yeah. From so from my experience, it seems like I mean, as as you said before, NL is very invested, quote unquote, in making sure the startup succeeds in the marketplace. Right. Uh, so uh, from my experience, if they understand very well that some pieces of your IP are going to be core to your business and letting you grow that business, where some things are more specific to just NL. Right. Um, so that that is, I think it definitely is case by case, but in my experience, uh, they're they're very understanding and they do want to make sure that the startup succeeds uh, first and foremost. So that they can be a customer. Yeah, and I guess it wonders in terms of also how much co-development is going to take place, right? So if you're coming to us with with a, with a, with a seminal idea that we're going to develop into a clean energy product, there might be more right. IP conversation versus coming to us with a finished product that we're going to drag back to one of our sites and, and plug in and see what happens. Okay, great. Um, 
yeah, I think that's about um, most of the time we have for questions. Uh, so I think we'll just uh, go into closing remarks. Uh, do we want to maybe go around and if anybody has a uh, you know one more tip of advice, uh, maybe we'll go around the panel and go over one more tip of advice. Um, let's see. I guess I can go first. Uh, so I think uh, so. For me, I've worked on multiple startups. Rapidamps probably the fourth startup. Uh, when you're forming strategic partnerships, I think my tip of advice is try, try again. <laughs> so if, you know, at first it doesn't work out, you know, you first learn something about uh, NL or the corporate that you're working with, uh, understand their needs better, and don't be afraid to, you know, be resilient and, and, and try again. Of course, uh, everything in moderation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for, you know, don't, don't be afraid to uh, change, change course, uh, you know, to, um, and yeah, be, be flexible, essentially. Anybody else want to give a tip of advice next? Maybe Alan or, or Luca? Yeah, I can be really quick, and uh, this is very connected to my job. It is uh, reviewing a lot of proposals and getting in touch with uh, with a lot of companies. Um, for me, it's really important uh, not just proposing a technology, but also an idea, because uh, most of the time uh, we get in touch with uh, a really uh, high number of companies, and what we miss uh, is a proposal on uh, how can we use uh, that specific technology, because uh, it's true that you can tell me, ah, with this specific technology, Technology, you can improve, uh, I don't know, the performance uh, or your, of your uh, wind power. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of solutions that can, uh, can do that. So for us, it's very, very important to receive something more. So um, uh, we, we asked the startup to being able also to communicate the real value and the real application that uh, their product can have to our business, so our specific business. That's good advice, Luca. From my side... You know, one thing you want to do on either a partnership or, or an acquisition, because uh, as Eddie noted, you know, I think we've both been involved in three or four different acquisitions now, uh, is make sure that there is a set of milestones that you're, uh, you know, working on. I think sometimes you can get caught up on just, oh, we have a partnership with an L or doing something with an L. And if you don't uh, hold yourself and more importantly, hold an L or any other company you're working with, to the, the milestones that you agreed upon that can uh, be achievable and manageable, then uh, it becomes a problem. With that, I will say, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm not in the same room as everybody. No one's holding a gun to my head. But I have to say, about any acquisition I've been involved with, the integration here with Anel has been the best that I've seen. Uh, they've really uh, taken it to another level. Uh, when they first acquired us, they said, uh, you know, Alan, we're going to listen and observe. And they, and they certainly did that in a way which was really helpful for us over the long term. So uh, we really enjoyed the uh, relationship and the process. Sander? Yeah, and I, I think I think I need to reiterate the sort of the, the I think the give and take nature of, of setting up a partnership. You know, we don't have all the answers. Um, and so, you know, the whole point of this partnership and the proof of concept project is to is to come up with the answers, right? Well, not necessarily come up with the answers. You come up with the. It's really sometimes to come up with the questions you want to answer. Um, so it's it's about you know going through an iterating process and this persistence. I think the the point you made about persistence is really important. Um, you know we've had problems. You know there are very few slam dunk technologies out there. If you had a slam dunk technology, you wouldn't be in the innovation process. <laughs> you would, it would be it would be automatic. Um, so you know part of it is you know. Uh, working through that real that real gulf between 
finishing your R&D process and moving into deployment and what happens when you start taking something that you're building by hand and by bespoke and, <laughs> and scale it into a commercial operation. And that's, you know, I think where, where we can really help the best and, and, and where we're, we're excited to help. Great, great. So I know personally I'd like to thank uh, NACEC, but Katarina, you probably want to uh, close out our, our uh, webinar here today. Thank you very much, Eddie, and our panelists for this fantastic webinar. And uh, thank you as well to all of you for joining us today. We hope this was a valuable session for everyone and again to our invaluable partners. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to NYSERDA and MASCC for making this series possible. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. It would be great if you could please provide us your feedback. You'll find a very brief survey in the podcast description. You can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and check us on NECC's YouTube channel as well. We look forward to sharing our upcoming 2020 series. Stay tuned at NECC.org. Thank you.